<sighs> Welcome back to the Mind Body Mentor Podcast. My name is Steven Jaggers and I am your host. Today, we drop back in with my brother Alex Schimmel to hear about his journey with the breath and his 21-day conscious breathing experiment. Um, We go into every and all things breath work based and the breath work has been so huge for me lately in my own sessions um, with clients. So we get uh, into all of that. So enjoy. As always, if you can leave me a review on iTunes, it helps my little podcast grow so much, um, as well as support our sponsors, uh, which are uh, a few, but Organifi is um, always one of my favorites, whole food supplementation. Um, I use almost all of their products and yeah, the green juice, the red juice, the pure, the glow, uh, use the code mindbodymentor for 15% off at checkout and yeah, enjoy this podcast. Beautiful beings. <sighs> Maybe we'll start with a couple breaths. やっぱり、やっぱり、やっぱり、やっぱり、やっぱり、やっぱり、やっぱり、やっぱり、やっぱり、やっぱり、やっぱり、やっぱり、やっぱり、やっぱり、やっぱり、やっぱり、やっぱ
improper breathing is, how bad mm-hmm. it is for you, for you to mouth breathe and how 50% of our population now has respiratory issues, has breathing problems. And it's, it's wild. That's a high number for a basic human function. Mm. So what are, are some of those, like those pathologies or what are some of those? Yeah. So it's things that we consider normal. It's stuffy noses and allergies and having asthma and snoring, Mm. sleep apnea. So all these things that are like, yeah, it's a normal part of being human, but it's really only been the past couple hundred years as we've become such terrible breathers that those problems were a common occurrence for humans. Yeah. And those are the, some of the things that we think about right away. But who knows how many of these other issues that we're having are not directly correlated with breath as well. Yeah. You know, I, I tell everyone, like, stress is the number one killer. So what's actually mitigating or causing you to be even more stressed totally. is your breath. Yeah. And we know that, too. We know that you can breathe in a way that can activate your body's relaxation response, right? The parasympathetic nervous system, get you to rest and digest. And we know that you can breathe in a way that activates the sympathetic response, which is the fight or flight. And then, Mm. you know, that stress response. So from what I've heard is that if you extend the exhale, it activates the parasympathetic response. If you uh, extend the inhale, and shorten the exhale, that triggers the sympathetic or more of the fight or flight. Yeah. So your inhales, generally, that's a yeah, good yeah. way to, to understand it really simply. Your inhales mm-hmm. are energizing. Your exhales are, are calming. It's like yeah. yin yang there. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and when you balance both, that's when mm-hmm. you're in, in the most balance. And that's where we want to be most of the time. Yeah. Makes sense. We, we want to yeah. have a balanced breath most of the time. There's times in our lives where we want to hype ourselves up a little bit, pump ourselves up. Beautiful. You can use the breath to mm-hmm. do that. There's times in our lives where we need to chill and relax. The breath can do that too. And that's such a beautiful way to look at it because you are almost using breath as a modality or a medicine and to be conscious of your breath or conscious of where you're at and to use the breath to get you to that more balanced space. You can kind of tailor your breathing to where you need to go, whether I need to be more energized for this workout or whether I need to be like more relaxed and let go of the stresses of the day and just leave the shit at the door. Yeah. It's so cool to see the different benefits from, from different kinds of breathing. It's so powerful. And one Mm. of the things I really love, and this is a a fundamental teaching. It's not just a yogi thing. Like humans know Mm. this, that being present in life is a huge gift to be able to, to do in life or to be able to give, to, to have presence. And if you're working with your breath, if you're consciously breathing, mm-hmm. you are always going to be present. You're, if you're breathing right now, your breath doesn't happen in the past or the future. Mm. So if you're controlling your breath or intentionally breathing, you are becoming a more present human being too, which is another side benefit, side effect. Wow. I'm doing that right now. And it's... Um... Hmm. Yeah. Even as um, you're listening to this... You can work to just control your breath the whole time. Breathe yeah. through your nose, breathe slow, and you know keep a, a part of your awareness on your breath even as you're listening. It's crazy that breath is the only body bodily rhythm that we can do both consciously and unconsciously. Yeah. So there's like there's no other body rhythm such as like 
beating your heart you know you don't necessarily have direct conscious right. or unless you're swami rama yeah yeah you can <laughs> yeah. just like i'm just gonna stop it for yeah. a you know, like, I don't know. swami rama actually so this is this yeah. yogi that grew up living in caves and just mastering pranayama which is yogic breathing mm. and the kind of the magic <clears throat> of yoga breathing that yogi that yogis knew and uh, he was willing to get studied in labs, which was really powerful for us to understand what is possible. And so there's a lot of, and this is something I learned too, is that he was able to make his heart stop. But when they actually did research again or look deeper into the EKGs, he didn't stop his heart. He made his heart beat 300 times per minute, but it was moving so fast that the machine didn't pick it up in a way that, that they understood. So they thought that he was stopping his heart but he's actually just making his heart rate go way higher than, than any human can get their heart rate up to. That's insane. Dude. Yeah. Really wild. Wow. I just got a visual of that on the, um, on the little drawing. Just thinking like yeah, how yeah, fast yeah, the, those, how lines, fast those yeah. lines are. Um, okay. So that can kind of delve us into like what, um, how did your like past story or your, um, your expertise or, or the, the areas that you've delved into, um, what led you to just going so deep within the breath aspect now? Yeah, so breath for me, it was always, even for my first teacher training, the style of yoga, it was called Shivananda Yoga. It was a very traditional, mm-hmm. really spiritual practice. And in that style of yoga, it was all about the breathing. Like we spent so much time just with proper breathing. So that was a big part of it. And and really from the beginning, I I would always say in my yoga classes, even to this day, this is a breathing class. So I always kind of taught breathing and had this, um, Mm. there was something about it. I knew it was special. I could feel it in my body. I did, uh, in my first teacher training, I did a a longer breath journey and it was really, uh, I would say a life changing, like one of those things that will stay with me forever. The insights that I got from that. And even just in my own like diagnoses and uh, issues with, with health, breath would always be such an incredible medicine, especially for Crohn's where I would feel like it's hard to explain, but when I was, thank God, I, it's been a while since I've been there, but really at, at a time where I was like most suffering from it, it feels like my stomach was just kind of like squeezing in on itself. And when I would take deep belly breaths, it really felt like I was breathing and expanding my intestines. Probably not what was happening, but I could feel the benefits of deep breathing. So it was something that always... Your diaphragm was probably expanding and, and, and almost like massaging your organs. Totally. Or just diaphragm dropping, maybe giving yeah. some more room for the intestines. There was mm-hmm. something going on and it felt really yeah. good. And I remember just going to breath as a tool... Uh, when I wasn't feeling well. So those are the things that stick with you most, right? Especially for me. I'm like, hey, if I'm suffering from, from this, there's other people that are suffering. And if I can mm-hmm. find a way to recover, find a way out of suffering, I want to share that with people. So I was like a big part of my yoga journey. And then what really got me uh, re-sparked on this, on this fire of breath, on this path, was when I did the, the session with you in Sedona, mm. Uh, for the Lionsgate, that was eight eight, and it was so powerful. <laughs> yeah, dude. Let's uh, let's delve into that. Like, what were what were some of the um, 
What were some of the takeaways like from that experience? Yeah, man. So I went into that, first of all, just really ready to open myself up. I was like, I'm going to, it had been a while since I did a longer journey, Mm -hmm. an hour journey or so. Like a breath ceremony. Yeah, breath ceremony rather than just Mm -hmm. like breath work for 15 to 20 minutes Mm -hmm. here. That was like a powerful ceremony. Medicine journey. Medicine. Oh, dude. So, so much medicine. And it really did remind me of, of like doing a plant medicine journey, sitting mm-hmm. with, with mushrooms or, or San Pedro or any of these master mm-hmm. teachers. It was just like that. And you can get the same thing from your breath, which is super cool. Um, but this one, especially like it just hit hard, you know, having multiple people leading it, guiding it, you and the other people that you, that you graduated mm-hmm. the training with, that was really special. And being in Sedona, was super special having it the 88 portal was huge but literally i think like three minutes into that journey i was crying like there was a release happening almost immediately and Mm. i was like holy fuck this is we're on a trip like let's go i'm ready to see where where this where this goes and uh yeah and i think in that hour probably all 10 of us that were in the session i think we all cried at different varying times we Mm -hmm. cried we laughed we yelled like i i remember at some points just like screaming like ah just like any any anger that's suppressed in me i i let it out completely and that was super powerful and um, just at the end on the other side of it you feel so calm and and peaceful and present and uh because of the amount of that you just expressed you know yeah and when you have the, when you go through this, um, this experience, this, you know, breath work ceremony experience, uh, for those that have not experienced it, it's kind of one of those things you just have to, you just have to come totally. and get, you know, <laughs> but, but if, if you were to explain, you know, you are <clears throat> breathing rapidly it's very similar to holotropic breath work but you start to experience all of the different expressions within your body and the places where you're kind of holding stagnant energy at and it one and and when you're taking in that much oxygen over and over and over and over again you start to want to express those from those different areas and and that's where the different the full spectrum of expression comes out it's like screaming totally. crying yeah. laughing um you know uh whatever it is and it's like a full body just perch yeah you know? it's intense for oh. sure and i think too with great intensity, there's mm-hmm. great transformation. Yeah. So sometimes when you're willing to, to go to that space, to be in that container of like, all right, we're going to mm-hmm. dive in and it's going to be intense and you're going to feel a lot of different things. But on the other side, you're going to come out with more yeah. clarity. You're going to come out with more peace. I didn't feel peaceful right away, which is interesting too. It's, it's not necessarily fun. Yes. Yeah. It is considered a shamanic journey and it's meant to push you to your edge and one thing i love that um i don't know one of you said it i think maybe anahata said or it was said a few times and it was a huge insight for me and i've been sharing it in my yoga classes your breath is your shaman and your breath is your guide and your guru and your teacher and Mm. going through an extended ceremony like what you led a breath ceremony just like that what you do you really learn that. You realize that it's the breath that does the most 
work. Like you're obviously a guide. It's beautiful. You, you want to have that support. You want to have someone that kind of guides you through it, but it's your breath that kind of reaches down into you and is like, Hey, you haven't looked Mm. here in a while. You haven't come face to face with this. That's been suppressed. It's time to do it. And your breath shows you, uh, shows you what you need. And it's different for everyone too, which is beautiful. Hearing people's takeaways. Some people had these really uh, powerful experiences that were challenging. And some people, it was, it was super blissful. You know, I, I think it was like Illup said that it was two souls just merging. It felt like this beautiful experience and it didn't mm-hmm. feel challenging or hard. And I'm right next to him and yeah. I'm crying and screaming and... You know, it was beautiful too, but it's just like a medicine. It's just like a medicine journey. You know, you get what you need out of it. Totally. And I can, and it's interesting that you said that like the breath is your guru. It is your guide. Just like you experienced while teaching yoga. If people aren't breathing they're they're really not even doing it. Right. You know, they're not doing, that's the only way you're not going to do it right. Right. Yeah. That's the only way. Totally. You could, if if you sit there and breathe, you're doing yoga. You're you're doing yoga. Exactly. If you're moving and not breathing, you're not. Well, it's calisthenics. Yeah. 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 It's still, there's benefits, but it's not really yoga. It's not the, 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 the main benefits that you can get from the practice for thousands of years. Yoga's history is about 5,000 years old for 4,800 of those years the practice of yoga was a breath technology to control and change and and kind of grab the reins of your mind so that you can control your life. But it was more a breath technology than anything. And just in the last couple hundred years, mostly when yoga's moved to the West, it's become a little more of a a physical practice. Well, it's like the mind, body, soul. So it kind of got a little bit broader. It became a little more of a physical practice in most ways. Mm. So it's cool to know too that you're you're actually doing yoga if you're breathing consciously if mm. you're if you're intentionally breathing doesn't matter what else you do yeah so the movement aspect the physical movement aspect is not as it's not as and as ancient of a technology as the breath centered yoga totally and it's so like for me even when i'm doing body work with people like before i used to do i used to do a ton of or before, when I was doing body work with people, I would focus on, you know, muscular imbalances. Where might the stagnancy be? Where, you know, where's the issue in the body? But, and, and, I, and I would always notice that if people weren't breathing, they're not releasing. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're not consciously breathing. So lately I've been saying, okay, this is a breath work session, not okay. a body work session. Yeah. It's a body work session secondly, right. but it's a breath work session. So we're going to work on you second. We're going to work on your breathing first. Yeah. And not only that. And that facilitates such a deeper release. For sure. Not only that too, the, if you really want to know how someone's doing, because when you're doing body work with someone, you're, you're working with with how they're doing. If you want to know how someone's doing better than asking them Mm. is just pay attention to how they breathe. Yeah. Such a big thing. If they're breathing really slow and calm and deep, they're probably doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. They're probably feeling good, not a lot of stress happening, not thinking too much. If their breath is really shallow or choppy or or not really there, Mm. they're not really there. 
really yeah. the way you breathe is the way you live and and it's it's mm-hmm. cool to even see that where you can start to pay attention how are people breathing yeah the breath will tell you more than any like postural assessment or like any other thing that you're using for the body mm-hmm. and it's interesting that you say the the breath is the the guide or the shaman they're like when i'm working with a client their breath is my guide to work with them mm. that's the thing that i should be paying attention to yeah i love that um yeah it's it's uh it's such a trip. Even this idea with breath being the healer or the guide. So a lot of people, whether you're religious or not, it's something that happens. If there's something that needs to be healed, that's typically when we think about God or pray to God. For, for most people, mm-hmm. when, they, when they're, maybe things aren't working so well or they're not feeling yeah. so well, they'll think about God. Where usually, maybe in other cases, God is like taken for granted if, yeah. if you believe in that. So what's really interesting too is the word in so many ancient languages, and I love this fact, Quechuan, that's the language of the people of the highlands of Peru, where like the origin of shamanism. Uh, In ancient Hebrew, one of the oldest languages, Aramaic, it's actually even older than Hebrew, indigenous uh, Hawaiian, the word for breath is the same word for spirit or soul Mm. or, or God or life. So... Even in these ancient traditions, it was known how important and powerful breath really is. And that was a huge thing that I took away from uh, James Nestor's book too, hearing about some of these ancient cultures and how they talked about breath and, and what they did to ensure proper breathing. It was, it's super cool. Mm. That just reminds me of a podcast I did with my buddy Grant after um, he did a 40-day silent meditation. And he was like, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he's like, are you breathing you or is something else breathing you? Mm. And obviously you have conscious control over your breath, but you can try to stop your breath. You're eventually going to breathe in. Mm -hmm. You know, you're eventually going to breathe in and that is... God breathing you or mm. source or to inspire is to like take in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Love that. Even, even in uh, the Bible, I think the old Testament, it says that God blew, blew uh, spirit like in through the nostrils of Adam to make man or to make the first soul. But it, it specifically Damn. talks about the nostrils too, which mm. is interesting because one of the biggest things that, cultures have known forever and we've kind of fallen away from is that your mouth is for eating your nose is for breathing and there's a lot of people that breathe through their mouths and we're just starting now through some research that's been done finding out how much that's having an impact on their health Mm. negatively let's go into that yeah so obviously well, not obviously, because most people don't really realize that, but nose breathing is, is the way. Yeah, nose breathing is definitely the way. Your body's made. Your nose... It Why fills. would you even have a nose? If you... If you, like, you yeah, just, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't really nose. <laughs> the only, your main reason is for, for nose. I guess for smelling, too, but, but for breathing. It's interesting, though. The, the NIH, the National <clears throat> Institute of Health, they have 27 departments for really almost every part of your body, endocrine system, for your eyes, for your ears, nose and throat, your bones, everything, except for your nose and sinuses. It's the one part that's not in the NIH. And, and it's like breathing really 
has been, it's one of those things that we've kind of ignored through most yeah. of our modern culture. It's like you're breathing or you're not is, how, is, is the old paradigm. You're breathing or you're not. If you're breathing, good, you're alive. If you're not breathing, well, you're in trouble. It yeah. probably means you're, <laughs> you're dead. But we didn't pay any attention to how important What's it is. the quality is. of the, the breath. The quality of the breath. Are you breathing through your nose or your mouth? That's a huge one right there. Mm. And your nose, it's, it's the best filtration system that you have your nose filters the air it's all uh, mucous membranes in your nose that clears any kind of pathogens any bacteria any viruses out and your nose is the first line of defense especially important to know now with you know covid or, or whatever however you believe in it if there's there's some kind of virus out there breathing through your mouth you don't have the defense mechanism you, you don't have that that strong you know that the, your best warriors against bacteria and viruses is in your nose which is huge the body is made perfectly yeah Yeah. such a perfect machine in all ways for sure yeah never been a better time to be uh working on your nostril breathing yeah (laughs) and it's interesting too because i i do agree 100 percent that your body is made perfectly there is something happening called disevolution have you heard of that yeah degeneration yeah disevolution degeneration and and we're Disevolution, in a nutshell, it's it's it, it's the explanation of why we're uh, why we're breathing worse, but also why our backs hurt more as human beings, why our feet ache more as human beings, why we have more autoimmunes. Because evolution just means change; it doesn't necessarily mean progress. So, dif- disevolution, it mean good or bad, right? Disevolution it's, it's, is when we're changing in a way that's uh, giving us more problems. It's really adaptation, right? We're adaptation creatures, yeah. you know, and we've we've adapted. There's disevolution as far as our breathing goes has been happening now for the last about 500 years. It wasn't always the case that we were bad breathers, and mm. it's accelerating more and more. More kids than ever have our um, sleep apnea. More kids than ever are snoring, and that's not just a well, that's a human experience. That's a more recent phenomenon and it's because we're becoming such bad breathers and it's really disevolution that's a part of it. So uh, we'll talk about in a little bit like why, what we're doing uh, wrong as breathers because part of it is us being unconscious, unconnected to our breath and that's why we're having problems. But a lot of it is just the way we've evolved over the past 500 years. So there's really two main things that happened. One, this is even further than 500 years ago, but when we started using fire to cook our food, we were able to release way more nutrients. So our our food got way more nutritious Mm -hmm. and that caused our brains to expand way faster than ever. Yeah, our frontal cortex. Yeah, and it was the frontal lobe and yeah, the front of your brain expanded and that started to take up space of the sinus area. Your sinus area, it's a pretty big area. For the average human, you can make a fist. So even if you're listening to this, make a fist, put it up to your nose, and then imagine it like four inches back. And that's your whole not nose sinus area. Pretty big space. But that space has been starting to get taken over uh, by, our, mm. by our brains over the past. And this really goes back to, I don't know when we started cooking food with fire, but it might be like 100,000 years. It was probably a, a pretty long time ago. So that was a, a big one. And then the other one, Uh, both related to cooking our food and um, from processing our food is we don't chew nearly as much as we used to. So our our ancestors or people that even lived 500 plus years ago, the food wasn't processed. So even like stuff like wheat or rice, they didn't strip the bran and that only left that 
that soft piece of rice, mm-hmm. it was it, everything. There was a lot of fiber. The meat was really tough. Everything was hard to chew. So we chewed like four hours a day, the average human. Now yeah. that number's way lower. And because of that, our jaws are shrinking. And, mm. and this is, uh, it's both related to breath and not. When our jaws are shrinking, another thing that we say is a normal human experience now, like getting braces or getting your wisdom teeth pulled. Most of the people I know, most of my friends have had one of those things. I've had, I've had both. Yeah, me too. I've had all my wisdom teeth removed. I've mm-hmm. had braces and I, I have a small jaw. Like I yeah. suffer for a lot of, from a lot of these things. And then a smaller mouth is also a smaller airway mm. uh, because your jaw, everything just starts to, to yeah. shrink a little bit and leads to breathing issues. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, we don't know for sure, but my girlfriend's nostrils are very small and she also has experiences some autoimmune stuff too. So it's like there yeah. is correlation there. Totally. I think to most people, even if you do have small nostrils, if as long as you can breathe clearly through your mm-hmm. nose, you're probably going to get enough air. Like that's that's not going to be too much of an mm-hmm. issue. Um, but a big thing too, a lot of people know that when they're awake, they're not mouth breathers. There's a lot of mm-hmm. people that realize that and they breathe through their nose when they're awake. But we sleep about a third of our lives and a lot of people that maybe are nose breathers in life, when they sleep, their mouth just opens up and they breathe mm. through their mouth. And I'm one of those people. Dude, same. Yeah. Like I'm a nose breather in life. I'm pretty mm-hmm. conscious of when I'm breathing through my nose throughout the day. I go to sleep and I'm like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so when- I've had multiple times where Danny has, has said that she's closed my mouth while yeah, I'm sleeping. Either. How about sleep apnea? Have you ever no, heard that? Okay, no. good. Thank God. That's because yeah. sleep apnea over time it, it's really so harmful yeah. yeah causes hypertension blood pressure rises up Dude, it's w- interesting because some nights i'm really good when i make the conscious effort before i go to sleep to like close my mouth and focus on my nostril breathing before i go to sleep i know when i wake up i haven't been mouth breathing by like one, my breath doesn't smell, mm-hmm. you know, that I've just been breathing yeah. bacteria and all this dry, stagnant air in through my mouth all night. Two, I don't have like a sore throat mm-hmm. or like cotton mouth when yep. I wake up. Yeah, you dude. know, it's significant. And, and three, usually when I do wake up and I've been mouth breathing, my allergies are terrible in the morning. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So first of all, hop on the mouth tape. The mouth tape. The mouth tape, dude. So this is something that I learned also from James Nestor's book. And uh, it's literally, it's not like duct taping your mouth shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people are like, whoa. Just put a little bit. If I'm stuffed up, am I going to die? It sounds kinky. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) It's just a tiny, I know, me and Brie, we get crazy with our mouth tape. Um, But it's just a tiny piece of tape that you just put over your lips. Like a tiny little piece of tape. They sell stuff on Amazon, but you can use... And I got, I did get some mouth tape from China and I'm not going to mm. lie. I was using it like 15 days straight and my lips got real chapped. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck is on this glue. So instead of that, I'm going to get some doctor's tape yeah. and just, just a tiny little piece of tape mm-hmm. that you put over your lips. And it's not taping your mouth, like taping your mouth shut, yeah. but it, but just like you said, it gives you more awareness mm-hmm. where you feel that piece of tape on your you lips. Feel a little bit of resistance there. Yeah, so it's like, okay, keep and, my mouth and closed. And you keep your mouth closed and the past, I don't know how long I've been doing mouth tape now. We'll say like 25 to 30 days. 
and I haven't done it for probably four nights. And literally those four nights that I haven't done it, I feel like every single one I've woke up at least once to pee and I wake up in the morning with a, with a dry, sore throat. Mm. So the pee thing is interesting too. There's something that your body releases if you breathe through your nose but not your mouth. So your body registers the difference. When you're sleeping, called uh, vasopressin. And vasopressin, what it does, it's some kind of like hormone or molecule that uh, signals to your kidneys to just like hold on to the water, not to release water. When you mouth breathe, you actually dehydrate yourself by 40%. So you lose 40% more water when you mouth breathe. No wonder I got like caught in mouth. Yeah. And, and, and I bet almost everyone knows that. Like yeah, if you, yeah. if you're a mouth breather, you wake up, your mouth is dry. You, you feel, feel dry. dry. You're just like, yeah. Ugh. So it's this vasopressin. And also if you're someone at night and I know a lot of people do this too, that tends to wake up to pee once or twice through the night. It's also vasopressin is what signals the kidneys to hold on to the water. If that's not released, the kidneys mm. release all this water. So you have to urinate. And then mm. you're also going to be thirsty. So just by closing your mouth, you're gonna your quality of sleep is going to get better. And all those hours that you're sleeping, because you're breathing through your nose, you're mm. moving towards optimum health instead of moving towards dis-ease. Yeah. My question about the mouth tape is that so out of the few nights when you haven't worn it, you've woken up and you've noticed that you've been mouth breathing. So is there like... I mean, are you just going to have to sleep with mouth tape for the rest of your life, you know, or, <laughs> are you, gonna, yeah. you know, like, or, or like, can you, con- I feel like you would be able to consciously train yourself after a while. Like, how long do you think that you have to do the mouth tape for to where you're just like, okay, now I'm a nose breather. So I, I do think that we learn things habitually, but I also believe that it's part of your structure. I, yeah. I don't have a big jaw where part it of just our kinda, disevolution. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Like I don't have a big jaw where it just stays shut. Mm-hmm. I think some people's jaws are really strong yeah. that it's a little bit easier for it to, to be closed not clenched, but just easier for the mouth to stay closed. It's like a stronger hinge point. Mm. James Nestor, you know, he's been, he said he's been putting mouth tape on for over a year. And he says when he doesn't, his mouth pops open. Mm -hmm. So it's really not a big deal. I actually like it too, because it puts me right into a place. Mouth tape is on it's sleep time. You yeah. know, like I know that you're I'm not going, talking. I'm not talking. I'm going, just I'm put going it on right your girlfriend. You're like, Shut yeah. Up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> time to go yeah. sleep. <laughs> so that's really cool. And, and one of the things that I found really fascinating is, um, little story. There's this guy named George Catlin and he lived in the 1800s in Philadelphia. When you lived in a city in the 1800s, as a man, your average life expectancy was like 35 to 40 years old really short because so much pollution just like you know tra- there wasn't good yeah. sewage systems it was just not a good time to be alive in cities and he was a lawyer in philadelphia super sick his whole life terrible respiratory problems where, where by his uh, late 20s and he's still in his 20s so even though his average span of life was only another eight years or so mm-hmm. you're still kind of young so he was still active and doing yeah. all those things but he would cough up blood doctors said like you're you know, it's, it's going to be time soon yeah, for you. So he was like, fuck this lawyer life in the city. And he left and he, he was a painter. He loved painting and he really loved Native Americans. So he went to the, uh, the Plains Indians, like in the Midwest and studied these Indian tribes, painting them. And one of the things that he noticed first, he got to these tribes and he said that every man in the tribe was 
at least six feet tall. The shortest were six feet. And he said some were close to seven feet tall. He said they had these huge barrel chests, perfect skin, super clear eyes, perfectly straight teeth. There was no dentist or anything. And as he studied them more and more and, and got to know these tribes, they shared with them their secret of breath or their secret of, of health, their mm-hmm. secret of life, and it was proper breathing. And it was mm-hmm. specifically nose breathing. So this is also, and I think this maybe was where the, the mouth tape came from, uh, mothers in that tribe, they would in these tribes, they would uh, sit next to their babies while they were sleeping, like their, their young, really young babies. And if their baby's mouth popped open while they slept, they would just pinch their lips shut to train them to breathe through their nose from mm. a really early age. And uh, yeah, powerful. And they said that was the secret to breath. And he said he's never seen such, such beautiful uh, humans with so much vitality. So this guy, he, he, I don't know if he went back to Philadelphia, what he ended up doing, but he wrote a book in the 1800s called Shut Your Mouth, Save Your Life. He adapted nose breathing, really dedicated his life, the rest of his life towards nose breathing. He was dying when he was 29, probably only going to live another five years or so. He ended up living to be 76 years old. Unheard of at that time. Double the life expectancy. Biggest thing, breathing through his nose. Damn, dude. Yeah. So you're going to teach us these uh, techniques in your, in your upcoming yeah, course Yeah, the here? breath experiment. So, so <laughs> all of this is, is why the breath experiment was born. And the breath experiment started first for myself. When I did that training with you in August, I was kind of at the beginning of a flare-up, maybe the middle of a Crohn's flare, mm. and uh, just having some, a lot of digestive issues. I had really low energy, like low energy. You could talk to Brie. I would come home after teaching yoga and mm. just want to just lay down for the rest of the day. And I lost like eight pounds and I, I don't have a lot of weight to lose. Yeah. Eight pounds is a lot in my body. I think I could almost tell because we just like, we weren't, we weren't kicking it as much. Like I could tell your mood. Yeah. I was a little bit like, mm-hmm. yeah, just lower energy and kind mm-hmm. of like staying to myself. And in the ceremony with you, there were two really big downloads that actually came through the next day. A lot of beautiful stuff came through that night. Yeah. The next day, I had a lot more clarity because I didn't even really feel that good the rest of the night. Mm. I was a little bit agitated. I just yeah. felt off and it takes a little bit to integrate. That's the same thing with any medicine mm-hmm. journey, just yeah. like any medicine that you do. The session begins after the session ends. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Love you that. Know? Yeah. It's always... it's. You know, you have all the breakthroughs, all the um, the insights, but then it's like, okay, now it's time to go yeah. walk. How do you that. integrate it? Integrate How do you embody it, it? Embody it. Yeah. Walk it. So the next day I had two really big downloads. One was if I'm really going to heal, if I'm ready to heal, which I've been saying that I am for some years, if I'm ready to let go of the story of dis-ease, which was also hard for me because for a long time, dis-ease and, and knowing suffering made me a better yoga teacher. It made me Mm. be able to connect with people more. You know, when you know what it feels like to be, I I don't want to say rock bottom. Everyone's rock bottom is different, but I've experienced some some pretty lows in my life through health. When you know that, it can help you have more compassion, more empathy. So for a while, I think I held onto that story and I was like, I don't fucking need to tell myself that anymore. I don't need, my body's constantly regenerating. I can move towards optimal health. I don't need to keep Mm. the story of disease. And what came through was if you're really ready to do that, breath is the bridge. I wrote that down. Breath is the way that I'm going to do it. The second part, the second download that came through was a flashback to my very first teacher training when I was in, I did a training in Mexico uh, eight or nine years ago. I don't really remember how, when it was. It was the very last night of the training 
and uh, me and some of the graduates were kicking it at a hostel ecstatic dance party in Mexico. And uh, one of my boys, David, who I got really close with, we made a pact. We both were like, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to go home and share yoga with everyone. I don't know if that's really what our path is going to end up. But we shook hands and we said, let's teach as many people as possible how to breathe properly. Because in that training, we learned that that's what it was all about. And I haven't, I didn't remember that until that ceremony. Full circle. Yeah, dude, full circle. So that came through and I was like, well, I'm going to heal myself with breath and I'm going to help other people heal. And that's how the breath experiment was born. Hmm. Those, that moment. And uh, the drive behind that statement. Yeah, it was huge. So the breath experiment for me, it's what I've been carrying out for the last, really since it started with your breath mm-hmm. ceremony August. It started 8th. before that. Started before that. But the but the real like I'm gonna dive mm-hmm. deep into this. I'm gonna get back. Breath is like the number yeah. one. That started middle of August, and the breath experiment for me has been daily conscious breath work. Mm-hmm. Most days I'm looking to do more like 15 minutes. Some days it's just five minutes or you know one or two rounds of Wim Hof breathing. But I have a big emphasis throughout my day of keeping my mouth closed, breathing through my nose, and at night using the mouth tape. Yeah. And from 45 days ago till now, it's really crazy how I feel. I went from dis-ease, flare-up, to now I feel like my health is better than it's been in at least as long as I've known you, but probably even longer. Like I wow. feel like a few years, I feel younger. I'm sleeping so much better. I'm not waking up to go yeah, to the bathroom. Sleep is everything. Yeah. If you're not sleeping right, you're not recovering and you're, that's totally. the number one thing for your health. And your nervous system just stays, it stays, yeah. it stays on stress. If you're, if you're not getting enough sleep, mm-hmm. it, it, it perceives that there's a threat happening. So I slept better. I, I just feel so much better through this mm. breath experiment. And as this has been going on, I'm like, yeah, this is something I need to share with my people. I, cause, because anything, this is something I learned too from, I was told my teacher said that if, if there's anything that makes you feel more whole, which is healed, same word, yeah. if there's anything that makes you feel whole, it's your obligation to share it with the world. It's your duty it's to like share It's like, how dare you hold that medicine back? How can you back? not share it? Yeah. How can you not? So that's really how the breath experiment evolved from something for myself mm. that's going to be something for the world. Yeah. And it is an experiment. Everyone's a little bit different. There's going to be some people that if you're already a pretty good breather, you're going to get benefits, but maybe not super impactful. If you're someone that you know that most of your day, mm. you're not conscious of your breathing, in 21 days, you can experience a huge fucking shift a huge, huge shift yeah so i'm really excited to to bring it and launch it and it's launching in a few days and uh and i'm just totally in a place of serving from my heart yeah i'm, I'm gonna share the medicine that that i have and i know and I, I would say i know a little bit about breath but i'm in no way i'm not wim hof it's an experiment with everyone it's an experiment it's- with everyone yeah. And I'm excited to share. And I, I know I'm actually so confident in, in breath. And so this is a heart centered service. Mm-hmm. I'm offering a money back guarantee for this program. If mm. you don't get benefits, if you don't feel different, no questions asked money yeah. back because it's not, that's not why I'm doing it. I'm mm-hmm. not doing it to take anyone's money. The money helps because yeah. then you have some skin in the game. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going to keep you committed to doing the 15 to 20 minutes every day. Dude, absolutely. But if you don't get the, the results, then beautiful. That's yeah. okay. 
It's okay. Which is not going to happen because you will you will have if you do, you know. I'll, I don't know if I want to say it, but if you do almost anything consciously for 21 days in a row, you're going to see, you're going to see some sort of um, change, whether that's a negative conscious thing or a positive conscious thing. Yeah, for sure. um, Right. If you, if you journal every day for 21 days, you're going to get a shift. Maybe probably better. If you Mm -hmm. decide to look at porn every day for the next 21 days, (laughs) you're going to get a shift, but probably not for the worst, not towards vitality. (laughs) Exactly. Well, beautiful, brother. So that's going to consist of, what, uh, 15 minutes um, practices each day plus like four in-depth ceremonies. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be a 15 to 20-minute recorded uh, recorded video, recorded module mm-hmm. that you'll be able to just open up any time of day if you want to do it yeah. in the morning, afternoon, evening, all different kinds of breath work. So more yogi, kundalini breath work, breath work that energizes you. Uh, mm. breath work that helps you relax, helps you go to sleep. So mm. a little bit of everything to, to really also understand, remember the breath is the healer. So it's kind of like you'll be able to create your own prescription yeah. based on After you've tried enough of them, yeah. you'll start to know which breath you yeah. need for which scenario. Yeah, and that's really powerful. The The modules are really powerful in creating the habit. But, mm. I, but I know that the most transformational part, the most transformative part of the breath experiment is going to be these four longer breath journeys. Uh, one of them, I'm super excited to have you lead one because again, you were a huge impetus mm. to, to create this, um, but it'll be a 60 to 90 minute Zoom live experience where you'll be guided to connect to the best teacher that you have, your breath mm. and, uh, and, and different breathing techniques to, to see what's in there, to, to dive deep, see what's in there and, and really release mm. and open yourself up and tune in. And uh, those, are, those are so powerful. So I think that's what's going to be the, that's the part that I'm most excited for because those changes, it's like, well, boom, one two-hour session can, can be a life changer. And then the habits, the, the daily habits thing to build. support you. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm, beautiful, brother. The breath is the guru. The breath is a guru. (laughs) Well, all right, everybody. Go check out uh, Alex's 21-day breath conscious breathing experiment. Um, And if you want a discount code, I will put my code in the link if you want 10% off. Um, And, yeah, reach out to us if you guys have any questions around breath or if you want to schedule a breath work ceremony or if you have anything, just reach out. Hope you guys have a beautiful day. Love it. And then to sign up for that breath work, it's yeah. the breathexperiment.com slash store. Mm. Super easy for right now. Um, that'll take you right to the to the page. You'll click mm-hmm. the breath experiment. And all the details are on there to understand a little bit more. Yeah, if you're listening to it, I will put that link in the show notes. And as well, it'll be in um, my link tree on my Instagram and then Alex's, I'm sure, as well. So Love it, brother. Anything else, bro? Let's just end with some breath like we started. So let's do uh, let's do a little fire breathing, a taste of it, just to okay. see how you feel. So we'll okay. do like one minute of let's this. Let's go. And uh, fire breathing, it, it, think about like a bellows that you use for a fire to pump a fire. So mm. that, that, that in and out feeling. And you want to use that with your belly. So your belly expands and contracts. Yeah, and you'll breathe out forcefully through your nose. You do it for about a minute. That's it. So...
You're going to take a big inhale in. Full exhale out through your nose. And then just hold the breath out, no breathing. So as you hold your breath out, there's going to be an increase of carbon dioxide in your body. And you just got more blood into your bloodstream. Carbon dioxide is what allows the blood to get from your bloodstream into all your tissues and organs. So as you hold your breath, CO2 levels increase. There's this beautiful exchange that happens. Everything in your body gets nourished. Good. Big inhale in. Full exhale out. And see if you can take this breath with you for the rest of your day. Mm, beautiful. Thank you, brother. Thank you.